All right, welcome back to another edition of the Forts Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Inferna. We're at Forts Athletics. We equip coaches and athletes with the tools they seek out in order to achieve their unique and specific goals. And we are recording here on Thursday, June 2nd. Just left school. Was running some more numbers today. And uh, it's really cool to see the engagement on uh, what I shared yesterday with regard to the numbers and D3 Nationals. And I just find it really interesting I don't know why uh, that stuff fascinates me because as a coach, take, having taken athletes to nationals, we prep our athletes so much, maybe sometimes too much, I don't know. Uh, and when they're put in like high stress, high anxiety situations, sometimes things don't work out so well and it's a shame really not not for, for for the coaches necessarily but a shame in the situation and uh, it bothers me like there's no tomorrow because it's happened to me many times as a coach and I've seen it from both ends of the spectrum where had an athlete who the expectation was that there's a good chance that they're going to All-American to athletes who were not expected to do that, to athletes who were expected and actually did it. So I've seen it from, from multiple angles, and uh, today I was running more numbers for the numbers people out there. And there is a project here. I believe there is some type of research. There is a question but I'm not really sure exactly how specific I can get on the question because something happens at Nationals. And today I looked at other events. It wasn't just men's discus like we talked about yesterday, but today I looked at um, women's hammer and men's hammer and the women's 400 uh, just as uh, another event outside of uh, my scope. What I found interesting say that a lot. Uh, tintillating? I don't know if that's a better word. So women's 400. Uh, there were 22 athletes that entered and the top nine athletes came out of, if I recall correctly, like the top 11 performers. So after prelims, we had three sections of prelims of heats for 22 women. And after the 22 individuals raced in prelims, the top nine that made the finals, um, you know, the final race, all had at least, I want to say the top, like, nine or ten seat times. So there really weren't any surprises in the women's 400, let's put it that way, uh, of who made the finals. Now, the placing, yes, there was some, uh, some movement there. But when you look at prelims, Seven of the nine women that ran the prelims, or seven of the nine women that made the finals, uh, bested their seed time in the prelims. And of those same nine women, four ran faster in the finals. So they basically uh, performed better twice 
at nationals. So there's their prelim time bested their seed time, and then their finals race bested their seed time. And two of them actually PR twice, so they set two PRs over the course of, of the weekend. So that's just one event. I wish there was a database available where you could actually extract all of this stuff all at once, as opposed to like copying and pasting into an Excel file from TFERS. So if there's any doctors, any researchers, anybody who's interested in this stuff, I'm sure you have a better way of getting the data rather than doing it by hand, at least into the Excel file. Once there, you know, I could figure it out, but uh, copying and pasting, it took a while. So women's 400, you know, pretty much how the seeds went is who made the finals and who basically All-American. In the women's hammer, there were 22 athletes, 22 ladies that threw. We had a few that fouled out, and one hit a mark better than their seed distance. So one out of 22 hit a better mark. Weren't too many like crazy things that happened there. Uh, foul outs, yes. Uh, did the top seeded athlete win? No. But one out of 22 uh, threw better than their seed mark. Men's hammer is quite fascinating. Out of the 20 men, two hit a mark better than their seed mark. One of those men, actually, no, I have both of them, I think. I've looked at a lot of Excel files. I know one of them, All-American for sure. No, you know what, I think both did. Both uh, gentlemen that increased their seed mark in the finals, or in uh, prelims, uh, All-American uh, made finals. One gentleman actually threw the exact same distance that it took to get there, uh, or the same distance that he threw earlier in the season um, and his mark didn't, uh, didn't qualify him for nationals or for finals rather. So the men's hammer we had three, I mean even if you don't count the one, he had two people out of 20 bested. So after yesterday's discus conversation and today's hammer, so we're looking, <laughs> we're looking at 10%. So through two men's events, one woman's event, under 10% of the athletes best their seed mark in the throws through three. So as a coach, I just had to think there for a second, not that I lost my train of thought so much as where I want to go next. Um, for me, my theory, well actually, you know what, I'm not going to share my theory. I want to see if there's a little bit more engagement if other people watch these videos um, and have thoughts about what, what happens because it's really something that I think could change the landscape of throwing, especially at the collegiate level, certainly at the Division three level, is what, what do we need to know as coaches to help better prepare our athletes when they compete at nationals? Like, what's missing? 
So when you look at the athletes that compete, the colleges that they're from, and I actually had a conversation with this about this with Lewis yesterday. Um, coaches are all the same for the most part. Uh, majority of the Wisconsin coaches are the same. Some of the other co coaches, I don't really engage with them too much because, like I said, I go to nationals like once every five or six years. They, when they go, when they go often, it's the same coaches. And majority of the time, their athletes perform, you know, fairly well there. But it does make you wonder, like, what, what else do we need to know in order to better prepare our athletes? And I, you know, I take stock in the fact that, you know, there's things that I obviously could have done differently. Uh, you think about the what ifs. question is two can we answer it and three what kind of data do we need in order to answer those questions what's the question can we answer that question and what data would we need in order to answer the question I think I know what the question is what, what traits or skills do throwers, do Division Three athletes need to have? Or what traits do uh, high-performing athletes? I don't know. Because if you qualify for nationals, you're a high-performing athlete. You're the elite. You're the best of the best. And um, that event, over, over a course of time, period of time, you are really, really, really good. So we're already, the stratification is already there. We're, you're already the best. So of the best, then what allows those best to perform better than the other best? Or what traits do they already have? So if you look at the averages, the averages of the women's hammer and men's hammer, they're about the same as far as uh, distance thrown below, as far as overall average. It's like uh, two and a half and uh, three and change, respectively. Um, so the throwers are not, I want to be clear about this, they're not horrible marks by any stretch of the imagination, um, but they're just not there. And like what Lance Deal talks about, to being in the Almost every athlete throws within their 10%. There were some that, uh, you know, were well off that mark. Uh, for the majority, the vast majority, they throw within their 10%. So they're throwing 90% of their best. But in that specific instance, at Nationals, 90% of our best 
isn't good enough. It seems as though just by looking, it's closer to six, five percent, right? So you can be a little off and still be okay. But when you're a lot off, it's not really good research terms. Um, you're not. But that's where we're at, friends. And I think it's really interesting to keep the conversation going. I really hope other researchers, quantitative researchers, maybe it's qualitative also, have uh, an answer to this project. And uh, I'm all for collaborative efforts. I think it would be really interesting to dig in and really think about what is happening. T-First is a great tool because all the data is already there. It doesn't have to be focused uh, solely on throwing, of course. It could be uh, all, all event groups. That's where hopefully someone at T-First has the opportunity to export uh, everything all at once because that would be really, really, really awesome if they could do that, especially for research purposes. Collecting some data, you know, trying to figure out what it is because the numbers are already there. We already have performances, we have athletes and gender, we have the year that they're in college. And I'm not looking to, you know, athletes who've gone to nationals. Oh, maybe that, that is it. I was thinking something else, but you know, athletes who've gone multiple times or athletes who are not competing in their first nationals perform better, but that's not. I don't know, because there's always outliers there, too. There were athletes that won nationals indoor as freshmen, right? Uh, so, And there's a ton of freshmen that All-American uh, this past nationals outdoor. So it's not really about graded college. Performances are getting better. So the coaching's getting a little better. Athletes are much better. Technical form is improving. But when we get there, Darren was trying to cross the road. When we get there, we need to figure out as coaches to better prepare our athletes. What, what is happening? What happens at nationals that causes uh, some athletes to not perform as well as maybe they should because of how they perform during the season? Lots to think about, lots to explore and unpack there. But just to kind of recap, uh, for the researchers, for the other uh, individuals that might be interested in this stuff, trying to figure out what's the question, what are we, what's the question we need to ask to figure out why high-performing athletes don't perform well at nationals. How do we answer that question? Like, what type of data do we need in order to? figure that out and what type of data do we need to collect or what kind of questions do we need to ask rather so is it about mental toughness is it grit that separates those athletes is it continuity of coaching is it how many times they've attended nationals like what what else do we need to know to be able to answer that question Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Forts Athletics Life and Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Charles Inferno, and have a great day.